Welcome to Coffee with Vananda. Coffee with Vananda. A podcast where you get to listen in as I meet new people, hear their stories, and we get to grab some tips. So get your tea or your coffee and let's get stuck in. Welcome, Josiah, to Coffee with Fernanda. I'm really happy to have you join me today. Great to be here. Thanks for having me, V. No, you're welcome. Um, you know, for the people who are listening at home, just tell them a little bit about yourself because I've read your bio and I know you're quite cool, but they may have not. <laughs> I, I, I'm very grateful that you think I'm quite cool. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, let's 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 see if the listeners agree. Uh, so. Uh, yes, uh, I'm the current deputy chair of uh, the Sutton Trust Alumni Leadership Board, which is um, the UK's leading charity on social mobility. So I guess uh, in terms of a, a day-to-day, um, my activities are really about improving social mobility in the UK from mm-hmm. for kids from disadvantaged and underprivileged backgrounds. And then aside from that, in terms of a, a working job, I also uh, teach contract law, tort law and jurisprudence at the LSE. Mm-hmm. which is a, a role I got got into this year which is one of the most fulfilling things I've done yeah, yeah it's super cool um and when I'm not pretending to be an adult I actually studied um, <laughs> what do you study uh, so I'm, I'm doing my master's at the moment at Oxford and um, the Bachelor of Civil Law probably quite familiar to to any lawyers out there who are who are listening um and that's been fun so far as well to do despite a pandemic so who, who would have thought that Exactly. Do you know, the people at home, you've, you've even been modest. Like, Josiah is, you know, the London School of Economics on his belt. He has Harvard on his belt. He has Oxford on his belt. He even has a belt. And, you know, <laughs> there's a lot that's going on. And what I've been thinking about recently is how we balance doing too much and doing enough. And I bring that up because obviously, you know, you do a lot. And sometimes I find that people are like, oh, Fernanda, you know, you do a lot. And sometimes it happens organically and it happens, you know, sporadically. But for you, how did you get to a stage where, you know, you started motivating yourself to do loads of different things? Yeah, I think it's, I think you asked a great question. And I, um, it's something I've, I was considering myself, actually. You know, why, why is it that we're doing so much? <laughs> um, you know, looking at yourself, for example, you know, with all the things you're doing. Um, and in a way, I think it's because we, our generation is different from the old generation. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was watching something on Netflix the other day, actually, called uh, Death to, to 2020. Um, oh, sounds pleasant. Uh, it's a it's a a satire so it's actually really really funny um Mm -hmm. but within there are kind of a few gems and nuggets of of truth and one of those truths being how our generation requires more than one job in order to um have a have a sustainable life you might say to in order to maintain levels of income uh that Mm -hmm. are able to support our family and our lifestyles and things like this um, you know, people are, you know, part-time YouTubers and work at a bar, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, things like this. So it's very, we're very much in a generation where we are going to have more than one job and probably we're not going to stay in a career for a very long time. We're probably going to do a couple of years and then move on to something else because things are dynamic and constantly, constantly moving. So in, in a way, I think the first thing to say is that I'm part of this bigger 
generational move um, yeah. Uh, yeah this change exactly in 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 how we kind of do work so I guess in the broader scale of am I doing too much well probably not if you look at if I look at my peers <laughs> yeah. Uh, <we're>, really? <laughs> yeah you know uh, uh, you know we're probably doing a, a lot all of us are doing a lot you know um, when I look at yourself for example we're you know being a trainee solicitor and doing your own podcast and running your own organization, talk about, you know, this, there's a lot of things going on in, in, in the background and it's the nature of um, uh, the, the age, you might say. And I was you, you mentioned something that kind of really hit home is that that element of, okay, we needed to survive, but arguably, right, let's say in a few years, when Josiah is a big boy barrister or whatever you call it <laughs> um, in commercial law, you're going to be making a reasonable income, do you get what I mean? And yeah. I can't imagine you, unless, you know, something changes, dropping everything you're doing yeah. to yeah. just read. And which, <laughs> I'm not saying that that's a bad thing to just read, but I'm saying, you know, there's also this element of doing a few bits and bobs because it makes you who you are. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think that's, that's something that's so important. So I think this is probably the more personal reason, you know, aside mm -hmm. from um, that I'm just part of, part of the bigger story. I think the personal story is that I, I really do love the things that I've put my hands into. Um, yeah. you know, I'm part of a, a, a financial technology company. Um, I work in the M&A strategy team of that and working with a startup and seeing it grow from you know, a couple employees to uh, going to about a thousand now evaluation of you know zero to a billion you know all of those things are, are quite extraordinary yeah to to be a part of um, and then you know aside from from that thing I'm, I've also got my own food tech startup which I'm interested in and, and doing and then you know writing my own academic articles and papers of things I'm interested in so mm -hmm. there's always I've always got different things which I'm doing and I think personally um I'm an individual who likes to try a variety of, of different things to understand yeah. and to make use of my different strengths um, and, and the things I'm interested in. Like I, I'm, I'm a creative person, so I, I like to, to do creative things, um, not just That's be a That's a great description <laughs> of a creative person. <laughs> I do creative things. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. not, not in the traditional sense, not in the traditional mm -hmm. sense. That. but I guess it's 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 about touching those different different things um I don't know what 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 do you think uh what's what's your view on this do you know I think I kind of reached it where I was like peak stress with exams and work and everything and I thought okay I need to de-stress so I was like I'm gonna start writing a book and like I, <laughs> <laughs> wow I big was, big <laughs> I was just like I pick the worst hobbies if we're, mm. you know, if you're really thinking about it, um, it almost sounds like a case of insanity to think, you know, we do all these things because it, it gives us a sense of balance when mm. each, you know, running a, a tech startup, being a part of a unicorn, mm. teaching, writing, all of mm. these aspects, they require a lot. But I think it's exactly what you were saying in the sense that I realized when it comes to Venanda, there's a lot of things that make me who I am. And um, someone, a, a lecturer of mine once asked, so Fernando, like, we're all curious, what are you going to do after university? Are you going to go into commercial law? Are you going to be an activist? Are you going to be a journalist? Are you going to be, you know, working with these charities? And, and 
it felt like a strange question because I felt like mm. I needed an answer. But one of my mentors, I sat, I asked her the same question, like, what do I do? Mm. Do I become a businesswoman, a lawyer, or, you know, work in the um, third sector? And then she asked me, why do you have to pick? And <laughs> it wasn't until that point I thought, you know what? What you're saying is so relevant in that times are changing before it would have made sense to stick to one key thing because you know you need access to perhaps the libraries that are in close vicinity your network is close everybody's in the same space whereas now i can go to work and work in a very busy law firm you know 9 a.m to 3 a.m and perhaps in the lunch break on slack i can talk to the team in my tech startup you know there's so many different things that mean that you know we're not just stuck with one piece of information but i'm seeing information in so many different bubbles and everything's interesting because i love the fact that um for example running a business and then studying business law then um also having friends who are you know musicians and i'm studying media i'm seeing how those contracts tie in i'm seeing that okay we're launching this product what's our terms of use you know uh, we've got a tech platform what's our gdpr looking like and it's everything that I've learned is coming into context in some way, shape or form. Or for example, yeah. being in business and working with young people, I sometimes work with young people that don't even realize that they have talent. And that's when I really, really, that bit, it makes my soul sing because, you know, you show them that there's all these opportunities for you and being able to see that and being exposed to so many different things that you see means that you know, you may not necessarily be able to help yourself, but you're in a better place sometimes to help someone else see that, okay, I'm good at graphics and good at videos. Maybe I could freelance. Yeah, no, so, so true. And, and it, it, I feel um, you, you speak to me and I'm sure a lot of, I guess, of people our age, millennials, Generation Z, whatever they want, you want to call them, who are very much like this. Um, when, you, when you say, well, I, I like to do different things, that completes me, it makes me who I am, why do I have to pick a particular role? You know, I, I remember speaking to, to my own mentors and people who I look up to in terms of the professions I want to do you know, as a main profession, becoming a commercial barrister or becoming a tech entrepreneur or whatever that is. People always say, well, in order to be really, really good at what you do, you have to stick to one. You can't be successful at both and you're going to really struggle. Um, and I think that was a mentality of the old, the old generation. And I don't think that going forward, it's going to be a mentality we're going to take, we're going to take with us. And I think mm -hmm. in, in a way it's a positive, but it can also be a quite scary prospect, right? Because imagine a situation whereby all of a sudden, everybody is great at everything um where do you show that you can be you know have the the par excellence uh mm -hmm. where, where can you where can you be in the the numero uno where can you show that you're so great in a particular field all of a sudden it's not going to be not going to look like that and for some people that can be scary because you we do, we're doing away with with specialists but then on the other hand i'm thinking wow we're going to be able to unlock so much potential which exists mm -hmm. um uh, we're, we're going to move areas uh, you know whether that's law tech finance uh, you know, businesses we're going to be able to move so many things forward at a rapid pace because all of a sudden there's an interdisciplinary effect which is uh, bringing forth this this immense change so um in, in the words of, of obama i have the audacity of hope and i'm quite excited <laughs> for that what it looks like <laughs> you know i think that is brilliant because something else that just came to me is that 
as much as we're going to have this interdisciplinary approach and um, an increase in motivation and increasing people feeling more complete and therefore made more, more able to increase their outputs. We also, I find that, you know, with millennials and Generation Z, we have an appreciation for difference and we don't expect everybody to be the same. And mm. in the same way that I know that, you know, we live in the crazy realm of psychos who like to experience all the different experiences in life. Um, there's also people who feel centered and with balance when they're especially mm. in a niche area. And what I love about that is, you know, the fear that people have in, in that no one's going to be good at anything. Well, it means that we're going to have people who are doing loads of things and generating loads of ideas and bringing things to the table, combined with people who are specialists in different areas and who are absolutely yeah. brilliant in those ideas. And the combination of the two will really drive innovation and growth and reimagine traditional industries to greater heights because you have that combination of creativity and not being bound by tradition and also a respect for why traditions are there and what they seek to try and achieve. Yeah, I think that, that was eloquently put. I could not have put it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, but, you know, in doing that, I feel like, you know, we make it sound like, you know, it's easy to wake up and have 15 things on your day and um, <laughs> you can just about fit in a text message to your family. But with that, how do you cope with it time management wise, you know, actually fitting mm. it all in? Yeah, no, no, it's, it's tough. And to be honest, it's becoming increasingly tough. So mm. um, <laughs> I used to be able to manage it quite a bit when I, during my undergrad, um, and even when I, when I was at Harvard, but this year has probably been the toughest in terms of time management because there are so many plates which I'm trying to spin and, and juggle at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, I guess my diary has been the most important thing that has existed to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. Uh, the, I'm able to know what my day looks like. Mm -hmm. um, and I think in terms of time management, People, you know, they have tips and tricks and you, there's different ways of doing it. For me, probably it's not a tip, but rather a principle which I take on, which is that if I can't get through something I want to get done in a, in a day, I mean, it doesn't matter. There's always tomorrow. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's so important because there can be a level of, of frustration, annoyance, uh, a bit of sadness when you've, when you've had a plan and the plan just doesn't come to fruition. Um, and in a way, there's got to be, at least for me, there's an acceptance that life is fluid and life throws at you a bit million different things. Um, and you've got to, you know, adapt and adaptability mm -hmm. is what, what's the key to time management, as opposed to say you have a rigid time to do everything. You know, if I said I'm going to eat religiously at 12 p.m. every day, I mean, I might have a problem because something may come along the way which pushes that aside. And, and now you're hungry. And now I'm hungry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, so. So, uh, so much in terms of in terms of that for me is so important about that that principled res respect uh, for time mm -hmm. uh, for myself and uh, that's kind of how I how I deal with time management I guess it's it's not it's not like a you know here's my schedule there is all of that you know I'm sure there there are probably better ways to manage time that people have got out there um, even yourself I'm kind of, I'm curious how you manage time <laughs> um, <laughs> you know. But, yeah. 
I think something that I found worked for me, I learned it when um, I was previously working in business strategy, is blocking out slots in my diary. And before I used to just kind of have, you know, you'd put stuff in, big things. I used to put those yeah. things in my diary, you know, casual to-do list. But yeah. then as I got more and more stuff to do, you know, when you start forgetting stuff, because yeah. it's not a big thing, but sometimes small things end up yeah. being big. So what I tend to do is block out time in my diary for, you know, ideally, um, these are in, important key things that I need to make sure I do, whether it's admin, blocking out time for, you know, for like some emails. And um, I like to be able to look at the week and see, you know, what's happening as an overview. And I yeah. find when I use my digital diary, like what you said, a sense of flexibility, because sometimes one meeting that I thought would take an hour, it moves forward and I can just yeah. adapt that. Or um, if something happens, just being able to pick up that block literally in the like Google diary and move yeah. it elsewhere, it kind yeah. of helps to figure out, you know, where can I fit this in? But I think the most important thing that I've had to really value and stress to myself is a sense of respect for my time commitment. So mm. if I, um, you know, off to do something for someone, or if I tell myself that I would like to do this at this time, I try to do it at that time or yeah. make sure that at some point I remember to, you know, like go back to it because before I used to just, you know, move things and oh, I've got time, I'll move it, I'll move it, I'll move it. And um, <laughs> I've really had to figure out, you know, you can't always move everything, but what you yeah. can do is, you know, really have a sense of respect for your time, but look out some time for yourself and time to actually rest. And that yeah. sometimes free time is not yeah. necessarily free time because it's your time. Even yeah. Nothing. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I actually think it's so such a good thing. Um, my, I guess, something I've tried to take on this year and approach has been to say I have a cutoff period. So probably... Mm -hmm. 10 11 I'm just not going to work past that time and mm -hmm. probably most days I'm stopping work at around seven um mm -hmm. so it means I often have the evenings for myself to do my own things or whatever whatever it is I want to do whether that is you know doing nothing um and I think it's such an important principle because mm -hmm. work is always going to be there there's always going to be something for you to do you know if you're a busy person you know with 15 things on your plate uh, you, you're gonna you, there's gonna be something that needs your attention or you so make you, something for your attention yeah or you make something <laughs> for your attention. exactly exactly so you you, you know uh, to some extent you've got to put in a hard stop and tell yourself well you know past this time i'm not going to do anything anymore I'm, I'm going to basically just um take take care of, of myself so I find that so so good I had a friend actually who was at MIT who's who only worked between um 10 a.m sorry between 7 a.m and 10 p.m like religiously every single day um, oh, wow. and I think I, 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 they think I think they did, were doing engineering and by the end of the year they topped their the year at MIT and it was just this this pursuit of saying well I'm just going to follow this strict time I'm no one absolutely no one not my friends not my family not anybody is going to contact me past 10 p.m like that's that's it I'm shut off from the rest of the world to the point where friends began to adapt um to his timetable schedule, yeah. <laughs> yeah to his schedule you know knowing we're not going to be able to contact him past 10 p.m uh, so your, your actions do have repercussions on others as well um so it, it's definitely a lesson for me that Time, time is precious, so make use of it and, and know how you allocate it. Which is an interesting point because 
you know you've, we've just kind of talked about like how we do things differently and you know your friend does things differently yeah um you know one of the things that sometimes can be a scary thought for people who like to dabble in a lot of things is are you doing too much even you know um if i give you an example sometimes mm. because i find things so interesting and especially if I'm doing something that's interesting, <laughs> is I, I'm a curious person. I like to ask yeah. questions and I like to understand and I like to experience things. And I love talking to people who really know their stuff. So sometimes, I think this has always been me in class, I tend to ask questions or, you know, I'll really be curious. And, you know, sometimes you can end up feeling bad or questioning, yeah. you know, am I doing too much am i um am i too visible yeah and did yeah. i really turn things down have you ever had moments where you feel like hmm, should i turn things down or yeah i guess i guess there there is an element of that all, all the time really i mean my speed you know i i when i did my undergrad i was the only black british male Mm-hmm. in my in my cohort at the LSE um which in a way makes you visible without literally visible <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know there, there is no way you can hide from that you know I am who I am and then I wasn't just you know a black British man I was also coming from um east northeast London uh from another privileged background and so as a result I my mannerisms tones actions behaviors were different to um the 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 you might say international slash European elite that were my peers. Do you know what? On that note, I I can totally agree because sometimes I find like I've been in spaces where you're cracking jokes that are absolutely hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like I'm, I'm like, don't worry, guys, I'm not. I'm serious. Like you know, <laughs> you know when like um the. Yeah, it's it's those times where I I just want to stress that I get what you mean in terms of differences in approach and differences in life experiences and stuff that makes you you. Exactly, exactly. Um, So these things all come together and they have an impact when you enter into certain spaces Um, and you have an opinion and you have a voice and you have something that you want to get across. um, And there is a, a bit of anxiety or worry, you know, that if I say this particular thing, are people going to um, think that I have this opinion because I'm poor or because I'm black? Um, I'm not really sure what what one what one it is, um, and that has an impact on on this idea of t- doing too much because uh, mm-hmm. you know I, there's a there's a, um, a a funny there's a funny phrase that my uh, mum and dad used to tell me um, they're 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 Nigerian so they've always got something you know some something up their sleeves in yeah. terms of wisdom, wisdom to drop um, but they say they always said to me don't be an ITK don't be a Mr ITK and and ITK stands for I too know mm-hmm. uh, so what they were trying to tell me is you know don't uh, don't don't act in front of a lot of people as if you're the most intelligent person in the room even if that's how you feel you know um even if you think you have a, of an opinion that you think is is the opinion that should be heard um there's no need to put that out there in, in the public so much um you know do it for yourself you know speak through your work and mm-hmm. speak through your excellence that's the most important thing you know let people 
come to you and say you know the great things that you're doing and ask you for, for your opinions and things don't volunteer it in that way and I think that's probably an attitude which has helped me navigate um a lot of a lot of my undergrad really um mm -hmm. I, I never try to be present or uh, voice my opinions in those ways in classes or anything like that maybe to my detriment maybe I should have participated more and now being a teacher I, I completely see the value of classes participating <laughs> Um, silence. <laughs> the silence the silence that hears you you know um but I think it, for, for me that was so 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 important to to have this attitude um it was almost like a, a reverence to humility that, mm -hmm. you know it was almost like I it was a religious um, belief that you had to you had to be humble you know you couldn't mm -hmm. ever um over over exaggerate who you were or, or your abilities and I think that's what helped me to I guess acclimatize or rationalize this understanding of doing too much because yeah. it's not there for everybody else it's only there for me you know I don't do the things I do to be seen to be seen exactly that's exactly it. exactly mm -hmm. exactly and you know that's what it's about because I think you know one of the things that has really helped me get past that because you get to the point where you're doing what you're doing because you love it and then, you know, before people are even seeing what you do, before people even appreciate the time and effort you put in, then people see it. Then it becomes a case of, um, I'm being watched type of yeah. thing. And I think the thing that gives me balance is that even with like socials and different stuff, if I don't have anything valuable to add to a conversation or to a space, I don't force it, which is yeah. my philosophy that me and my <laughs> mum have. My mum is always just like, you know, you don't need to force it like if I feel like oh my gosh I really want to say this thing so I can appear intelligent it's yeah. forcing it but if I feel like actually the teacher's asking a question and I genuinely know the answer I will yeah. answer it or for example you know thinking oh I need to be so active in class because I'm trying to stand out that's I you know or feeling like oh people think I'm active in class because I'm trying to stand out when in fact yeah. I'm active in class because as a curious person, I always get things wrong. Like, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. But the thing is, because like, I'm a literal thinker, but as much as mm. I get things wrong, I sometimes get things right. But because of the way that my mind works, I'm curious, so I need answers. I need dialogue. I need discussion. Mm. Because sometimes I can ask a small question, and that small question helps me understand the bigger framework. Yeah. And um, I think it's understanding and appreciation for, and appreciating who you are and what works for you and not trying to, I think, shapeshift for people yeah. in the space yeah. that you're in. Yeah, no, it's so true. Do you know what? I, it's, I, I guess I, I resonate with this a lot because um, in, in the classes that I teach now, I employ something known as the Socratic method. Mm -hmm. um, it's something that I actually experienced for the first time in one of my tax classes at LSE and then a lot when I was at Harvard and the whole purpose of it is to kind of ask questions to the students so you're not you're not asking people to volunteer answers you're going across the room and you're asking students what their opinions and their thoughts are on the cases the readings and, and the materials mm -hmm. um, and at first it sounds incredibly daunting um, for you to be basically cold called um, at any point during the lesson to ask for your opinion mm -hmm. and you know poor poor first years who had to basically get this from me for for the entire <laughs> time uh, 
But surprisingly, all the feedback from it has been that this is one of been this has been the most amazing experience. Um, mm -hmm. Thank you so much for for doing this because I'm able to speak more in class and able to speak about my say my opinions much more. Um, and I think it offers an opportunity for people who like me and, and you know I think like you as well who would probably be naturally more reserved. You know, if I don't have anything to say, I'm not going you know, I'm not going to say it. Um, offers an opportunity for them to just say say their opinion because I think. Grow, going forward every day you know we're always challenged for mm -hmm. what our opinion for what our opinions are you know whether it's running a business or you know being involved in your charitable commitments or studying you're always asked you know what do you think what do you think what do you think um and i think it's so, such a good thing in, in general um this is probably some a, a wider point to to get us talking more you know because mm -hmm. uh, i know people from i guess uh you know from black backgrounds poorer backgrounds they don't feel like they can talk in class they they always yeah. feel that there's something inhibiting them from from doing that I know I had that um, that, that was one of my reasons for not really voicing up as much um, so I think the key is that you know we are amazing we are powerful we do have a voice um, mm -hmm. to encourage us to kind of speak out more and I think you know you mentioned something that I feel underlines both not just the stuff that we do in our spare time, not just our legal professions, but also just this whole uh, understanding and acceptance of it's okay to fail. Because mm -hmm. I think sometimes I think a lot of people have so many talents and so many things that they can give out to the world, but they choose not to out of either fear of what will people say if it goes really well and now they're all watching me what will people say if it goes really bad and now people are thinking oh my gosh did you see what they did or you know what if I answer the question and get the wrong answer and um one thing that I've really had to appreciate going forward is you know in if you're starting out in a startup I'm sure you've learned you realize that there's a lot of stuff I don't know <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like oh my there's just so many things involved and you're definitely going to get some things wrong but you learn and like yeah. the same thing with like law as well, studying something that's like law is always changing. Mm. There's rarely a right or wrong answer, but there's a likely right answer. And, mm. you know, being able to put yourself out there and say, you know, I may not be completely sure, but I'm daring to think of something yeah. to contribute something, even if it's not the best, at least, you know, the important thing is to get started no for sure like it's 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 absolutely true um i i was just thinking actually about this whole idea of of putting your best foot forward and, and trying your best in in all circumstances uh it's it's a mantra and a belief i think that you know gen genuinely we should all we should all adopt <laughs> um no matter no matter what i mean my my one of my personal philosophies is about failing. Like if, if I fail, that's when I'm at my best. It's not when yeah. I'm succeeding. It's not when things are going great. No, I like my failures are what is going to grow me and make me a better person and give me the growth that I need to overcome any other obstacles which may come my way. Um, failure is the most most powerful thing that we, we have. I think it was like a, a really interesting Michael Jordan quote about how you know he's missed so many final uh, buzzer shots or, you know, he's taken a crazy amount of free throws and missed, you know, a, a number of them. And all of that 
is completely fine because you know look he's won six nba championships he's mm-hmm. considered one of the greatest basketball players of all time we don't we don't remember the time that michael jordan missed missed shots we just remember all the times that he he succeeded but for michael jordan all the times where he missed shots or somebody said they were better than him or something along that was the fuel the energy the passion which he took on to conquer so much else so i, I think i agree with you wholeheartedly failure is key <laughs> but you know what you've just said made me think about you know it's fine saying failure is key but failure sucks sometimes as well <laughs> <laughs> like um and i i just i was thinking about it and i was talking to my mum the other day and i was just like you know last year was rocky like didn't do much and then when i was doing my year summary i was like you know there's quite a few things but you know sometimes it's like what you've said you know to other people because my mom was telling me you know there was a lot that happened that you achieved last year there was a lot that you were able to contribute to society and to your goals but to me because it was a year that I feel tested me beyond what I was used to I did mm. more than I was capable of and I, I tried more new things which mm. means that you know it was a time of planting growing and tried a lot of error so you know like what michael jordan says he sees all those missed shots each one to him doesn't go um forgot doesn't get forgotten because he learned either a better technique because of the failure or that something just does not work for him and Mm. you know i think what we also have to do while telling people you know to like shoot their shot and go for it is also encourage them to understand that the failure is there but we also need to remember to, you know, appreciate our own good things. And kind of like what you were saying, in spite of being busy, you know that it, you're busy because a lot of these things bring out your different strengths, which can be easy to forget when you're in the thick of it. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, I think I, I resonate entirely with, with that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've taken up so much of your time, but... What I do want to ask you for the people who are listening at home, you know, for somebody who's thinking, oh, I'm doing stuff, but I could be doing more or, <laughs> or <laughs> uh, you know, um, someone who thinks they want to contribute more to either society or really push themselves in their career. What would be, you know, your biggest, your three main tips for them to bear in mind as they mm. progress through the early stages of their career or career change or just life? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So the, the first thing um, to consider, I guess, my first tip um, would be don't let anybody tell you what too much is. You know what too much is. Um, and I say that because everyone's got different capacities and abilities, strengths and weaknesses. You know, you know how much your load can, can handle. Um, And I think sometimes it can be um, a temptation to just because you see somebody else is doing a million things, you've got to do a million things. Um, Too much shouldn't be understood as like, okay, X person is doing 20 things. So in order for me to like be at the same level, I need to do 20 things. No, Um, maybe for you doing two things is more than enough and you're gonna absolutely nail those two things. Um, You've got to know your load, your capacities, your abilities. So I guess don't try that comparison too much. Mm -hmm. Um, Then secondly, which is once you made the decision, go for it wholeheartedly. Go for it, you know, like don't, don't hold back. Don't, don't give it 50-50. <laughs> <laughs> you 
honestly, I, uh, just, I, I think if, if you go for it, you, you care about it, um, you're going to do well. Or, you know, the, the reason why failure can be a path to growth is because it hurts when you don't do well the thing that you really wanted to do well. Um, mm-hmm. An emotional reaction to something which has happened. And that shows how much it means to you. So if it means something to you, then use it as fuel to just keep keep hustling away. Eventually, uh, the, the doors will open, the opportunities will come, the growth will happen, and you won't even remember how hard it how hard it was. Um, you just re- you remember the the glory at the end of it. Do you know? Just so I can add on that point, I think you know. I just wish you'd shout it for the people in the back and for me because <laughs> you know when you're doing stuff, sometimes especially when you hit like a rocky patch, it can really be a time where you question, "Do I want to do this?" Like. Mm should I drop this and sometimes yes you should drop it but sometimes yeah. the case of reminding yourself you know I committed to this which is my, my favorite life motto out of all of them is keep your commitments to your commitments yeah. that's what I tell myself and you know if I'm going to try something I'm going to see it through to the end in terms of and the end may not be a good thing it may not be like a positive end in terms of like success it may yeah. actually be a failure but at least I've seen it through and I've learned and you know going halfway you always question what would it look like if I had done all the work that I needed to do to get yeah no absolutely that's that's so true like the 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 wins um the failures are as 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 important as the wins you know both are are important to the ultimate path you want to go to so completely and entirely agree with that I guess my final final thing um is kind of one of my cheesy uh phrases Give us the cheese. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess it's hard work beats talent when talent fails to work hard. Um, I've, I love I've that always, <laughs> always believed it. Uh, mm. It's undoubtedly true that if you put grit, determination, effort, hard work, it will always beat someone who's more talented out there. It will always, always, always win. Um, you know, give it, give it your all don't be afraid to do the iterations don't be afraid to keep going back all of those things are just going to make you stronger and more powerful um hard you know it, uh, it, it can make a student for example who's getting f's get you know a stars uh, somebody who was doing getting really bad in the third in their degree get a first you know, someone who had a startup that failed multiple times to becoming you know a multi-billionaire it's hard work there is no special formula to it there is no secret recipe to success or managing career changes or going somewhere else it genuinely is in my opinion at least hard work so that would be my third tip pursue hard work relentlessly (laughs) and you know what i i could not agree more especially because i think um you know a lot of people like oh my gosh he's such an academic he does all these things but i growing through school I've, like I said, I'm a curious person. I don't automatically always easily understand things. And I feel like that intelligence has grown through sheer effort and having peers who are extremely intelligent and thinking, okay, I kind of need to read. Having people who do something inspiring and thinking, okay, I can get there. I need to do this. I need to put in the time and effort. And I think it's reminding ourselves that, and it helps us to know that, you know, there's no person you can look at and think, they're just unreasonably talented. I could never get there. But the hard work and determination, you can get to wherever you want. And on that note, Josiah, I cannot 
Thank you, Inaz, and thank you for joining us. And where can our speakers find you if they want to read your articles or just get to know more about you? Oh, great. Um, thanks for having me, V. It was great, great having a chat. Always love it. Um, and where they can find me, at Josiah Senu on Twitter. Um, that's that's a good way to direct yourself to all, all, all my channels, you could say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that is great. Thank you so much.